Welcome to the Greater Church Podcast. We are praying that wherever you find yourself on the journey, that this message will be an encouragement and blessing to you. And now, here's today's message. We all want to be remembered. Not one of us don't want to be remembered. I remember telling Patty when we got married at 19, I said, Patty, before I'm 30, we're going to be millionaires. Because, see, I wanted to be famous. I wanted to have a uh, history of being remembered. Well, 30 years came on by and we were separated and I was living a hippie life and so was she. Sometimes our plans don't turn out the way we want them to turn out, but we know there's one who has a plan that never shies away from. His name is Jesus. I wanted to be remembered and I think all of us want to be remembered. My daughter, one of our daughters, Maddie, she makes one of these every year. This is 2014. I just brought it as a prop. She takes all the events that year. Babies that were born, and believe me, we have babies born every year. Our Christmases, birthdays, all our trips together. And she puts an album together every year for us. It's one of our favorite gifts. She did it so we would never forget who we are. She did it so we could remember the good times as a family. As we could celebrate looking back and who was born in this year, 2014. Who got married in 2014. In fact, three of our children got married right here in this church. Because we had an old warehouse and wasn't really cohesive for a wedding. Three of, our, three of our children? Two of our children. I exaggerated a little bit, excuse me. Two of our children got married in this church. Memories. The fact of the matter is most of us won't be remembered. Not long. We'll remember for a season, one or two generations, unless you do something fantastic or write a book, but it has to be a book that it's a bestseller. It can't just be a book. And you look like a lot of movie stars in here. Maybe you'll be in a movie. Who knows? And you'll find your long-time remembrance being carried on from generations to generations. Maybe you have a great family tree, and you could be added to that family tree. We, I have a Jewish heritage. And my great-grandfather came here out of persecution. Off a, off a train derailment. He was in the Austrian army. As a Jew, he could all be a private, and they had a derailment. He got off and got to Spain, and we had some relatives still in Spain, and he came here to America. He was in a cell. We called it a cell. It was about a six by ten cell on Staten Island. Staten Island? And uh, in New York. And that's where he waited until he could get processed. He wasn't griping because he lived in a little room, he was excited to be in America. From that point on, he lived here, and generations, and now my generation, now two generations after us have this legacy. We have a family uh, legacy all the way back to the 1500s, all the way back into Spain as a Jewish family. 54 of my father's relatives were killed in the Holocaust. That was just 85 years ago. 54. Some memories are good and some aren't so good. And I don't know what your memories are today about you, but I believe all of us want to be remembered. Are you staying with me for a minute? I'm going to get into the scriptures in just a little bit. I, I remember the first time I saw my wife. It was during uh, integration of schools, and they bused me to another town. And I'm there not knowing anybody, but a few friends that were bused over with me. And this pretty girl walked by. She had a little bob haircut. She had a blue miniskirt on. This was in the 70s, 60s. Little miniskirt on. Big brass zipper, little white tennis shoes with the little socks, big eyelashes, big eyes. And I'm standing in the best of the building as a junior high or ninth grader, think I'm a bad dude, with my hands folded up. And I told my friend, I said, man, I want to meet that girl. 
he went over and got her. His name was Ken, Ken Zeringer. We called him Searchlight because he had these big old eyes. I said, Searchlight, I want to meet her. He went over and got her, brought her back. He says, Paul, this is Patty. And Patty, this is Paul. My heart was beating. I didn't think she'd come over and see me. That New Year's Eve, I called her up. She was home. Her mom worked nights. And I called her up and said, do you want to go steady? That's what they called it. Not going out. It was called going steady. Anybody old enough to remember that? Yeah. She said, yeah, I'll go steady with you. That was, we were 14 years old. Shame on us, right? Shame on us. If there's any 14 years olds in here, I'm going to tell you, you don't want to start dating a 14. You want to have fun. You want to go play sports. Think about getting a driver's license. If your parents don't mind, go, go get a dirt bike and have fun. Make some memories. <laughs> memories. I want to be remembered, and so do you. We want to be remembered for the good things we've done and not so much the bad things. We love hearing our name. We do. We love hearing our name, somebody talking about you, good, telling a story about you. We love that. We love it when we could reminisce with other peoples about our past. I love that. When Chino mentioned my name up here, I just got excited. Chino remembered me. That was awesome. But the better part about being remembered isn't about who you are or arrogance. We were made to be remembered. We were made to make a difference in somebody's life. Who do you remember? Or how do people remember you? Every time we go to a funeral, celebration of life, I know this is true. You can shake your head no, but I know this is true. You look around and you go, how many people are going to show up for me? This many people or more? What are they going to say about me? We all do that. I don't want somebody just to say, well, he loved gardening and fishing. No, I don't want that. No, I, I don't want people just to remember Pastor Paul, that he, he was just a, a guy with a bunch of kids. Mm -mm, I don't want to be remembered for that. No, I want to be remembered that I loved well, but to remember that by that, you have to do it. What do you want to be remembered by? What are your actions that are worthy to be remembered? What do you want people to say at your service, your homecoming? What do, you, what do you want to echo into heaven? Hopefully we're there. What do you want to hear from here, echoing in heaven that they said about you after you passed? He was a good fisherman? I hope not. Good spouse? Yeah. Loved well? Yeah. Loved God? Mm-hmm. Come on, somebody. What do you want to be remembered? I like this story about remembrance because it's all through the Bible. Even, even people on death row want to be remembered. Did you know that? Even people on death row. You remember Jesus on the cross? Remember the guy was dying? In Luke chapter 23, 42, this is what he said. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Doesn't matter what you've done or where you've been, you want to be remembered. People in prison want to be remembered. I'm not bragging about having this friend of mine. He did a horrible thing. Charles Watson was a friend of ours. Charles Watson was Tex Watson. He was part of the uh, slaughtering of the Belonka family under, what's his name, uh, the crazy guy, tattoo on his forehead, uh, Charles Manson. We ended up meeting him when he was in prison. His wife came to our church. So we became quite good friends. He became born again. Changed his life, turned around, repented for the murders that he caused. He was never going to get out of prison. He recognized it. He recognized his punishment was due. Actually had the death penalty in California demolished or got rid of the death penalty and then reinstated it, but that got him out of the death penalty. But he wanted to be remembered. 
Not for the bad things he did. He wanted to be remembered because he asked for forgiveness in this God that we serve today, this Holy Ghost, convict him of his sins, and he came around and became a born-again Christian, not only known as a murderer, but now he's known also as my brother. What do you want to be remembered for? Prisoners want to be remembered. People on death row want to be remembered. Even the prophets want to be remembered. Religious men like Nehemiah, he said this, Remember me for this, O my God, and do not blot out my loyal deeds, which I have performed in the house of my God to his service. Even the religious folks want to be remembered. There's something in us. There's not something we muster up, something we can't put away. The prophets wanted to be remembered. Jeremiah 15, 15 says this. You who know, Lord, remember me and take notice of me. We live in a world where if you talk about yourself, you're arrogant. If you do things that you want people to notice, there's something evil about that in our world. If it's flesh feeling, yes. If it's to feed your flesh, yeah, there's something wrong with it. But if it's to remember the deeds... Listen, I'm not embarrassed to tell you 425 people came off the streets this year. I'm not embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed that we've had baptisms. This is our 14th week in a row of baptisms at the Dream Center Church the last 14. I'm not embarrassed. These are things that give God glory. Nehemiah wanted to give God glory. Don't forget the things I've done. Jeremiah wanted to be remembered. Why? Because he gave his life for one purpose, one purpose only that God would be exalted. I don't want to be remembered because I write choppers. No, I don't want to be remembered because, because of my past. I want to be remembered for the things that God has done through me and through others. I want to thank God for the people that loved me when I was unlovable, when we walked in that church, long hair, hippie guys. Well, not guys, guys and girls. Literally separated from one another. Just happened to end up in the same church within months. Reconciled our home. I want to remember those people that prayed for us when they didn't know us. I want, to be, I want to remember those people that I called actually yesterday, some of them who loved me when we were unlovable and accept me in their straight church. Locked into Assembly God Church in 1979. They had, a, they had a hippie band, man, a bunch of longhorns. They were playing bass and lead guitar. 1979 Pentecostal Church it didn't even have anything but an organ and a piano. I walked in. The guy shook my hand. He said, I'm so glad you're here, young man. I walked there because I wanted him to kick me out. I'm so glad he didn't kick me out. I wanted to prove a point about Christians, especially Pentecostals. They tricked me. They loved me, man. <laughs> they tricked me. They loved me when I was in love. Well, loved my wife when she walked in. She was beautiful, but she had, a, she had these two little toe-head kids of ours. I was a deadbeat dad. She was living in the world. And they loved her when she walked into that church and transformed her life. You want to be an evangelist, friends? You got a plus one Sunday coming up. You want to be an evangelist? You love well. You love the people who don't look like you. You love the, the people that maybe not smell like you. You talk to people that don't talk like you. You love them. You love them well. I got saved going to the bar to pick up my cocaine money at Duffy Saloon, Nevada City. And I'm walking down to Broad Street in the middle of the night, 1 o'clock in the morning. And I called out to God and said, God, I don't know who you are. But if you're anything like those people said you are in that church, do something in my life. And I bawled my eyes. I got saved to the bone. I never cut a line, never smoked a number again, fornicated again. I was saved to the bone. That nobody told me that Jesus died on the cross, rose again, that I need to confess my sins. I got saved because people loved me and I wanted the same thing that they had. I learned all the doctrines about salvation. I learned all the doctrines about forgiveness when it came to pass. But it was that point of loving me when I was unlovable. I could not resist it. 
How do they know that you're a part of the Christ? How do they know you're part of the church for your love for one another? You got plus one Sunday coming. You love somebody? They're not in this church? You need to invite them. Mm -hmm. You need to show that love for them. Say, hey, man, we got a special day. Bring your kids. We got a party, man. Come to church with me. We got a lunch for you afterwards. Come on, somebody. You got an opportunity. You want to be remembered? That person you invite who comes to Christ will remember you. They'll remember you until they take their last breath. Jack Cox witnessed to me on the street. I remember him. He went to that crazy church that I showed up in. Marshall Ross, who would write our name down for three years on a chalkboard, no electronics, on a chalkboard for prayer on Wednesday night, put my wife's and my name on there, went to school with her in elementary school. She knew where we were in our life, and she just kept praying. 55 churches in that community. Guess, one, guess what church we walked into? The one that had the chalkboard with our name on it. We'll never forget Marsha Ross. She loved us well. What will you be remembered for? What will you do to somebody's life that would cause them? One is to bring them that coming Sunday. Listen, truth is, I said it early on, we probably won't be remembered long. Ecclesiastic deals with it. Solomon, when he wrote this, this is what he writes in chapter 2, 17. There is no eternal remembrance for the wise along with the foolish. With the days that have already come, all are forgotten, and how the wise die alone with the foolish. What he's really saying is, most people won't be remembered. One or two generations, that's it. Is it wrong to be remembered? I don't think so. See, see, this God that we have, this God that we serve, this Jesus, do you know he wants to be remembered? Do you know that? In fact, he even said it. We read it. You might have communion once a month, or you might have it every Sunday, or whenever you have it. We read that scripture. He says, remember me. He wanted to be remembered. He didn't want his exploits. He didn't want his salvation message. He didn't want to die on the cross and be forgotten. No, he wanted to be remembered. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, Paul writes this. He says, on the night the Lord was betrayed, he took bread and he broke and gave thanks. And then he said, whenever you eat of this, do this in remembrance of me. Come on. And then after he supped, Paul keeps writing in 1 Corinthians, after he supped, it says he took the, the cup and he said, this is the cup of the new covenant, the blood who is poured out for the remission of sin. Whenever you drink of this, Remember me. If Jesus wanted to be remembered, why can't we want to be remembered? But this move us out of the picture. I think we only want to be remembered because we're made in his image. I believe that. My dog doesn't care if he's, he's remembered. He just wants to eat and be pet. Our crazy cat just wants to sleep on our bed. That's all. Doesn't do anything to be remembered except put hair on our pillows. What do you want to be remembered for? Jesus says this, remember me. What do you think you want to be remembered for? The cross? Oh, yeah, but it was more than that. When you say remember me, it wasn't just about the cross. It wasn't just remember me when you take communion. It wasn't just about the empty grave. No, those things are not going to be forget, forgettable, but he wants you to remember. Do you remember him when you were lonely? Because he says, I'll never forsake you, nor will I ever leave you. Do you remember him then? Do you remember him when you're sick? 
He says, I am the great healer. He said, I'll heal you from all your diseases. When he says, remember me, he doesn't want to just remember for those little things. He wants to remember for everything. When you have a wayward child, we have a wayward son. There's nothing worse. Patty calls it like a divorce. Denies Christ and denies us. Haven't spoke to us in years. Over an election. Well, more than that, but that was the outcome. Over in a stupid election. But we know our God gave us a promise. Raise a child in the way he should go, and when he is old, he will not depart thereof. I want to remember him. Do you remember him? How do you remember him, and when do you remember him? Only when things are bad or when things are good as well. How about just every day? This is the day that the Lord has made. That's a remembrance, and I'm going to rejoice and be glad in it. What do you remember about him? What in your life? How in your life do you remember him? We're so wrapped up in this world. This, this thing I got my notes on. Isn't this crazy? I haven't even read my Bible. I just opened it up to look like I'm a preacher. I'm reading off my phone. How do you remember him? How do you want to be remembered? <laughs> Famous. Talked about my grandfather. Talked about the things that this Jewish heritage has experienced. My dad changed my name, changed his name. His name was Piavati. It was a Jewish name and he was persecuted for having that name. People knew he was a Jew, so he changed it to Palmer. My birth certificate has both names on it. Persecution, the hatred of men. Men don't love well most of the time. I had a brother who was a uh, physicist. He went to Notre Dame, got his doctorate in, in physics, and went back and taught there, and, and also to Paul University in Chicago, and then Ball Aerospace headhunted him, and he made satellites. He said they were weather satellites, but it was, he couldn't tell us much about them. So I think it was other than weather. You know, probably peeking in our doors or something. He was going to go up in the shuttle and put it into space. What a good thing to be remembered by, huh? But when he did his physical, he found out he had radiation poisoning when he worked at Lawrence Radiation Lab in Livermore and had cancer. He couldn't go in the shuttle. So they put a plaque on that satellite. Has his name on it. It's floating around in space somewhere. But nobody's ever going to see it. What are you going to be remembered for? And what do you want to be remembered for? Is there anything wrong with it? I'm going to state this again. Nothing wrong. I'm going to go back to Jesus. He's in what we call heaven. And I don't know if there's a plaque up there. I know that there's tattoos down his legs. King of kings and Lord of lords. When's the last time... You looked for him. I know you're in church Sunday, and I might be preaching to the guys, to the choir, but really, when's the last time we looked at him? I know we got a camera going, but can I step off this? Can I step off? I have a hard time just standing at a pulpit. I remember the first day I saw her. 
I remember the first day I left her. I remember the first day God reconciled my life. I remember both first kisses. I remember those things. They're, they're tattooed in me. But what I remember even more, that Jesus took this throwaway kid and he saved him. This illiterate man, and he gave him a life. He forgave all my crazy sins. I remember that. He healed me of stage 4 cancer 10 years ago. I couldn't walk up my bed to my stairs of my bed. He healed me. He gave me children that not one of them had a defect. Not one of them had only two broken bones, I think, in a whole 50 years of marriage. I remember his protection. I remember his, how he would supply his needs according to his riches and glory, and not by my will or by my hand. We live literally without a salary. And we have no indebtedness except our home. And we have a nice home. You know why? Because he said, test me in this. You know where I'm going, right? Test me in this. We tithe. We don't just tithe. I'm going to say something. The left hand is going to hide the right hand for a minute. But multiple times over. My wife is one of the most generous women. She supports. We support. She writes a check. Eight widows every month. I had a $500 a month income. Now my Social Security. But $500 is all I took from the Dream Center. And we've never been in want. I remember his promises. He says this in Corinthians, 2 Corinthians chapter 2, all the promises are yes and amen through Christ Jesus, as many as they are. Remember his promises? Do you remember the promises that he gave you? Maybe even back 20 years ago or 10 years ago? Do you remember those promises? He promised Abraham in Genesis when he was 90 he was going to have a child, but he didn't see it until he was 100. He keeps his promises. Do you remember that? And you don't have to persuade him. Sarah tried to persuade him to give a child through her handmaiden. Just made a mess of things. Just wait for his promises because he keeps his promises. Do you remember that? Do you remember he's got not a God that plays? See, I, Patty and I work in the hood. Have for 20 years. In fact, as far as Race, we were the only white folk in the old fourth ward for years. Only white folk out there. Besides, Vicky who was a prostitute and a crazy lady was homeless. Vicky was our first rescue, by the way. First rescue out of sex trafficking. We work in the hood. It was it was just life changing for we weren't hood anymore. We were growing up in Oakland, but we're not hood anymore. But you know what they tell me? Friends, my drug dealers, not my drug dealers, not my drug dealers. <laughs> I, that's, I don't mean that. <laughs> but all these dudes slinging dope on the street, you know what they, they, what they say? That's what they say. You're better to us than our own folk. It's not true. They just see us out there with them, loving them and not judging them. So why don't you call the cops on? The cops already know who they are. I don't need to call the cops on. They know who they are. No time I call the cops if they steal from me or they hurt somebody. And they know that. Real quick story. So we had things stolen from us a lot when we were down there. Get a lawnmower stolen. I just go down and see the guys on the corner. I say, man, somebody got my lawnmower. No problem, Pastor Paul. We'll get it back for you. 
Somebody sold our phone. No power plants. Paul, get it back. But within 30 minutes, they brought back everything to me. Because yeah. they're kind of like the pawn, right? I got this phone. Can I get a nickel bag? And that's Pastor Paul's phone. Remember. We have times ahead of us. I'm going to take 10 minutes more. Can I do that? I'm going to have an altar call. I, I want to strike our, our remembrance. I want to strike our thought pattern today. I want us to remember things that we might have forgotten. Looks like my watch. You, you weren't in the hood, were you? <laughs> I want us to come to a place that it's like looking through that picture album. I can't remember all the events in 2014. I can't remember them all. I can open those pages and be reminded. I want God to open the pages of our heart, pages of our thoughts, the pages of our history. I don't want him to remind us when he showed up that we could remember. I want, I want him to bring back these things in our life that we could jot down and share with our children and our children's children. We don't hide our history, my wife and I. We're not proud of the things we did. We're just proud of how God transformed those things. At age appropriate, our grandchildren know our past. They know their papa and their grandma, what they did. Not, not detail, but they, they know. And the reason they know those things is because we want them to see that God will accept anyone. That he could heal the worst marriage. Our son who's wayward, his siblings pray for them. He has three sisters every Tuesday for years, get together for two hours and pray for me. He wants, we want him to remember that when he comes back to Christ. Remember when my wife walked into that church, that hippie church with a bunch of straight folk, and she saw me. I didn't know this. She thought it had to be in a cult because I was there. But I remember peeking for the first time when they said, bow your heads. Anybody want to get saved, raise your hand. I peeked. I didn't know if I was going to go to hell for that or not. I was pretty new in Christ. But I saw her hand go up. I remember that. I remember when we tied for the first time. We couldn't pay our rent. We had to call the meanest landlord in the world. Stella was the meanest woman. I had to call and tell her, Stella, we decided to tie this week. I'm going to be late on my rent. My wife and our neighbor were on their floor praying in the Holy Ghost while I made that phone call. And this is what she said. She was from Oklahoma. She said, Ewan's, I'll be up next Saturday. You can pay me then. I said, that's a miracle. Well, got off the phone. We were rejoicing, but I didn't get paid for two weeks. She came to our home. I remember that she came to our home that she, we were renting from her. And she didn't knock on the door. She owned the house. She'd just walk in. And she had a bucket of Kentucky Fried Chicken and she had a $100 bill. She said, this is for you. She didn't ask me for my rent. I remember that. I remember picking strawberries in our little garden in that same home with our second oldest son. And he said, Daddy, I don't know if I'm going to go to heaven. I remember praying with him in that dirt picking strawberries. 
I remember my son, our son, married two grandchildren. So we're going to Mozambique. He was on my staff. I didn't want to lose him. But I remember what God has done. In fact, I have an African-American grandchild. We had a child born in Africa. <laughs> I remember when my Kenyan son-in-law came. said, I want to marry your daughter. He said, if you promise not to take her to Kenya for three years, just don't take her away. <laughs> I remember Mr. Sumter. When we first got back together, we had a credit card we couldn't pay. He called me every first Saturday of the month, early in the morning. One Saturday morning, he says, Paul, this is my last phone call. I just want to thank you for paying off your bill. I said, Mr. Summer, I didn't pay my bill off. He said, it's paid off, Paul. I remember getting in our little Volkswagen hippie bug, leaving church. We found out it was not cool to be a Christian, smoke cigarettes, so we hit it, chewed gum. And we got in the car, and we got down the street, we opened our ashtray, a light of cigarette, and there was four $20 bills in that ashtray. I remember our first Christmas, and we had the two boys, and they made a list. And we didn't have any money. My mother sent two pairs of jackets, or two jackets, two pairs of shoes. That's all that was underneath the tree. My wife kept saying, God's going to pull through. He won't do this to our kids. And I'm a realist, and it's getting late on Christmas Eve, and we went out, checked the mail, and there was no money in the mail. Stores are getting ready to close. It was getting to be dark snow and we lived in the mountains and Patty's looking at the kids and she's starting to get worried about it. She says, Jesus, you're not going to let this happen. And this is what the Lord said to my wife. And if I need to be corrected later, I'll be corrected. But says, what are the kids doing? She said, they're playing in the snow. The Lord said to her, are they worried? She goes, no. He said, why are you worried? Stores are closed. We put our kids to bed. There's a knock on the door. Our music pastor and his wife that day got $600 given to him. While they were shopping, the Holy Spirit said, buy the Palmer kids $300 worth of gifts. I remember that. And it wasn't just $300 worth of gifts. It was everything on the list. What do you remember? Did you forget about this God who cares about the smallest things? The smallest things like a Christmas present or the biggest things like healed one treatment one treatment my, I was so sick our doctor told Patty and I says Paul you're so sick I don't think I can help you and then he said but my church he went to a Pentecostal church said, but my church has a healing room would you go get prayed for he didn't know I was a pastor I jumped up and kissed him what do you remember cool thing is we got a 2014 book. We're going to get a 2022 because we're still building memories. See, when you serve him, it doesn't stop. It didn't stop on Gracie Avenue at 1 o'clock in May 1979. It didn't stop there. What do you remember? I'm going to ask you two questions today. No, I'm going to be straight with you. Trickery. Have you forgotten? Have you forgotten some of those things that that he's done in your life. I pray every time you take communion, he goes, remember me.
that these things will start to come back to memories. Remember to give me back my watch. Two things I want to ask you. Have you forgotten? Have you left your first love? Did you forget? Did you forget the transformation, the change in your life? Did you forget or walk away because you weren't patient enough to wait for his promises? What if Abraham never got his promise fulfilled? What? Did you forget that he's there in those nights when you feel like nobody cares? Second question is, maybe you never had an opportunity to build a memory with them. Just maybe. Just hypothetically, maybe one or two or three of you here have never made a memory with him. Except the only things you have are bad things that you heard. But I know you've never experienced anything bad from God. I know that. So it's the only thing that you've heard or received of him. And what I want to do is open up a new chapter in our lives. That's my whole goal. Open up a new chapter. Oh, one more thing, because I want to stay on plus one Sunday. Did you forget what he told you to do? Go into all the world. Go into all the world. Preach the gospel. I should have said that earlier for plus one Sunday. Don't forget what he's encouraged you and instructed us to do. Let's be evangelists as well. Thanks for listening to our podcast today. The mission of Greater Church is to reach and empower all people. We hope that this message met you wherever you find yourself on the journey. If God is using this ministry to impact your life, please head to our website at www.greater.church where you can read a message from our pastors, partner with us by giving online, and learn more about what is happening in the life of our church. Don't forget to subscribe to our podcast and follow us on all social media platforms.